Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode four of the Iron Stream podcast. My name is Will Shingleton. I'll be your host for today. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Jennifer Kennedy Dean, author of a number of different books, including Live a Praying Life, Clothed with Power, Set Apart, Power in the Blood of Christ. Jennifer is a prayer expert. As much as you can be an expert in prayer, she has spent multiple decades diving into the world of prayer and how to make it more efficacious, how to really understand how the whole process works, and to help other people get to that point. She has written a new volume called Seek 28 Days to Extraordinary Prayer. I got to talk with her about the book and just the heart behind it, including how to use it, what some of the challenges might be, but it's just a 28-day prayer guide, but it is more than just that. It is imbued with all of her experience I'm doing great. How are and you doing? her incredible heart for prayer and for the Lord. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Iron Stream Podcast with Jennifer Kennedy. was a, well, I say it this way. My mom was a prayer warrior before prayer warriors were cool. And all my life growing up, my mom, that was just her thing. She had prayer groups everywhere you look. She's reading a book on prayer. So that was so defining of who she was and how she lived her life. When I was 19 and my brother 17, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And, uh, he, and of course, because of my mom's passion for prayer, that was just the central focus of the whole experience. And, uh, he, but he passed away. So I was, uh, I was just, a, just almost 20 at that time. And that was just the, a crisis moment for me, all that prayer. And then he died. And that is what really just launched my pursuit to understand how prayer works and uh i'm a kind of a left brain person i like i like answers to questions i like i like part a to fit into part b i like i like logic and so that's the way i know that sounds strange because we think of prayer as something just uh, mystical or with no logic to it but actually in my many 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 years several decades of pursuit the Lord has shown me that there's a great logic to prayer and that we're in a relationship with a God whose invitation is come let us reason together. So that's how I am always, that's how I pursue everything and that's how I pursue prayer. Ask the next question. When an answer presents itself, it, it opens up the next question. Just keep asking the questions. Yeah. And you, you talked about kind of people typically separating logic from praying mm -hmm. what, what what other like kind of misconceptions are there about prayer and in your experience and what do you think is the biggest one yeah and one of the biggest misconceptions about prayer is that it's up to us to figure out what god should do and then prayer is talking him into doing it and so and and as if god should take our best ideas and implement them but 
that is that is the opposite of the way that prayer works. Prayer does not begin with us. Prayer begins with God, who begins to who, who begins to move in our hearts, who allows needs and desires into our lives in order to in order to to cause us to turn to him and and uh, he is the one who instigates prayer he's the one who authors prayer in our hearts and when we allow him to be the one who is who is the who is leading us in prayer rather than us trying to lead God to our conclusion then prayer takes on a whole different whole different complexion a whole different a whole different tenor in our lives and and so early 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 in my pursuit i was about 20 years old as i said when god really just got hold of me and i began this pursuit that has lasted all these decades uh one of the first things the lord began to surface in my thoughts you don't have a prayer life you live a praying life so that changed the paradigm for me. That changed the way I looked at prayer from then on. A prayer life goes like this. I have a home life. I have a work life. I have a leisure life. I have a prayer life. It's part of what your life, it's something that you do. It's an activity in which you engage. But a praying life is acknowledging that the living in present tense right now Jesus has made you his home. He lives in you and he is instigating and authoring prayer in your heart, in your mind, in your understanding all the time. And prayer is sometimes said in sentences, but sometimes is just rising from your heart in a way that God understands. So all the time, not sometimes, all the time, your heart is praying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then kind of out of that, I think, is one of the biggest things that people struggle with along with um, just the, the heart and behind it is if God, the God that we're praying to, if he is sovereign, why is there such a need for that prayer conversation to take place? Is, some, is that something that you've wrestled with over the years? Yes, that's that is question number one. If God is sovereign, what does prayer do? And in my in my study, live a praying life. That is the central focus of what we looked at the entire scripture about. So let me just give you a thumbnail sketch. But prayer does not give God a new idea. When you pray, God does not say, oh, my, what a good idea. Let me give that some thought. Prayer doesn't give God a new idea. Prayer doesn't make God want something he didn't want before. He doesn't listen to your articulate argument and go, okay, you're right. So, and when I say that, you know that. And, but what does prayer do? God has ordained that pra- has ordained prayer. He's the one who made prayer up. He's the one who put prayer into the equation. And prayer is a force that reaches into the spiritual realm, grabs hold of the power and provision of God, moves it through what the scripture calls the gap, and brings it into the circumstances of earth. Prayer is a cooperative effort with God. And it's amazing that God has set it up that way because 
because it would have been more efficient, it seems, if he worked around us instead of through us. But that's how much he loves us. He wants a dynamic relationship that matters. And so he calls us to prayer. And Jesus, when his, when his disciples ask him to teach them to pray, the implied end of that request would be like you pray. They already knew a whole lot of words that they could say and package between dear God and amen, but they wanted to see, they wanted to pray like Jesus prayed because they saw that there was a connection between the way he lived and the way he prayed. Teach us to pray like you pray. And so when Jesus gave the answer, when he gave what we call the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer, an outline of index prayers, he was saying, okay, here's how I pray. And he says, I pray, let your will that's done in heaven be done on earth. Now, if God were going to do his specific and intervening will on earth apart from prayer, then Jesus had a throwaway line. But the entirety of scripture and live a praying life digs into every detail. The entirety of scripture shows us that God has designed prayer so that we are in a cooperative relationship with him. And, and that prayer is moving his power and provision into the circumstances of earth. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second to remind you that the book that we're talking about today is Seek by Jennifer Kennedy Dean, 28 Days to Extraordinary Prayer. Now, if you're looking for a book to go through with your Bible study, your congregation, your family, and your marriage, with your kids, whatever, even by yourself, it really doesn't get much better than Seek. Jennifer is an absolute expert in prayer. This is written with a ton of experience in mind in that area. I think you would get a lot out of it. I've been going through it the first few days myself and have really enjoyed it. So look for Seek wherever books are sold, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So something that is a, a big thread in Seek and is just kind of uh, throughout the books that you've written is the four pillars of prayer. And for the, those of us who aren't as familiar with all the stuff that you've written, just kind of break that down, that idea down. What are the four pillars of prayer? What do they mean and why are they important? Yeah. So SEEK is an acronym for Surrender, Exalt, Expose, Knock. The first the first key to prayer is to learn the power of surrender. Because a lot of times we we think of prayer, we act as if prayer is is us trying to convince God. But really, as when we come to the understanding that God knows what he's doing, his intentions are only good, his, his, plan, his, his plan for you is more than you could ask or even imagine, and we are able to surrender to his power, surrender to his plan, surrender to his love, then that sets the stage for powerful prayer. That sets the stage for prayer becoming the release of burden the the peaceful place that God intends for it to be. As long as we think that we're trying to talk God into something, then prayer is never a release of burden because we always would leave a time of prayer saying, well, did I did I make the right argument? Did I get through? Was there a better way to say it? And as long as we think that we have to think up 
what God should do and then talk him into it, then prayer never becomes what God intends for it to be. So the first place to go is surrender. And in surrender, that's where you find peace. And when you recognize who God is and how he works in your life, surrender is the natural outcome. The, so this, then the second, the second pillar is exalt, praising God, putting your focus on who God is, letting that fill your frame. It's, uh, when, when it, it's all about perspective, when, when, when the greatness of God and the power of God and the love of God, that's what fills the frame, then everything else takes on its proper perspective. So we praise God, not because he needs it, but because we need it. Because there's a great, there's a great power in praise that it's hard to explain and it just has to be experienced. There is something that happens when we just focus our heart, our hearts on God. And, and when we, and when we just settle ourselves in praise. And also sometimes we think of praise as a one-way street. Like I praise God, he doesn't praise me. And that's certainly true. But when we, first of all, when we praise him, it's because he is stirring that in us. And when we praise him and adore him and worship him, then that, he does not stay aloof from that. He enters into that with great joy and love. And there's just an interchange that goes on in the context of praise that's different than anything else. And then the third pillar is expose. Expose your heart to, to him for him to cleanse us and set us free. And in and a lot of times in that aspect of confession, some people have a negative connotation there. They kind of resist it or or feel like it's going to be, you're going to be scolded and shamed, but you, God is not convicting you of, of sins and patterns of your flesh because you don't suit him. He's, he's showing you because you could be free. Every, every sinful pattern that we hold on to is keeping us from the full freedom that he has. He's not He's not cleaning us up to make us more beautiful. He's cleaning us up to show the beauty that we already have, like silver that has been tarnished. And then when you just clean off that surface dirt, the beauty shines through. And so and so in the section on expose or confession, then I think you're going to get a new perspective on what that's for and how that feels. And then the last pillar is knock. Ask and it will be given to you, knock, and it will be open to you. It's that part of prayer that's the asking part of prayer. And it's important, but it's not the whole thing. And sometimes that's what we limit prayer to is getting stuff from God. But when we understand how the asking part works, then we begin to see the, the hand of God working in our lives all the time. So surrender, exalt, expose, knock. I was taking notes, I promise. Okay. Um, so let's talk about seek specifically for just a second. After you've written all these books about prayer, I'm curious to know what is what was your idea in writing this uh, work specifically, and, and what was your intended purpose? Yeah. So in seek, it's a little book. It's it's a, it's intended to be. Uh, to fit into our busy lives, 28 days, and uh, to just really soak yourself in all the aspects of prayer and really 
get them into our heart and our lives. And I just intentionally drew on my almost 40 years of writing on prayer. And, uh, and, and I just kind of pulled and, and synthesized what I've been writing about for all these years and put it into daily, short, but impactful daily uh, daily ways to experience that aspect of prayer. And I had in mind, it'll, it'll be a good tool just personally to go through, but also I, I had in mind that it would be easy to go through together as a congregation, as a prayer group, as a family. It's just, uh, it's just, it, it's just set up to, to work well that way. And so uh, I just feel like when you commit, you just go 28 days. I can do this for 28 days. That at the end of 28 days, you're going to be hooked and and perhaps have some new insights and some new understanding about the aspects of prayer. Yeah. So if a congregation or a small group Bible study or whomever was about to go through Seek, what little nugget, what little bit of wisdom would you give them as they were about to begin to get the most out of it? Um, yeah, to just commit that you're, that, that you're going to, that you're going to make this commitment. You're not for 28 days and that you're, it'll take you, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes to read each day. They're not long, but they're, but I, but I hope they're, they're meaningful. 10, maybe 15 minutes to read each day and then to get back together and share with one another. This is one of the things over the years that amazes me also about prayer. When we, when we pray together, there's an amazing thing that begins to happen and you get, not only do you get your own God adventures and experiences, but you get everybody else's God, God adventures and experiences. And it just builds your faith and it adds to your understanding. And the way that different personality types respond to different concepts, it just, it, there's just, it adds richness to your own experience. So I do really hope that this finds its way into being used by, by groups and people walking a walk together. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I think it'd be a very useful tool, especially for people that want to develop their prayer lives and maybe don't want to, um, yeah. And it's a short commitment, like you said. So committing to something for a yeah. couple of weeks is a lot easier for most people. It's more palatable yeah. than you know, six That's months right. or whatever. That's right. um, so for those of you that don't know, Jennifer, in addition to being a very accomplished writer, is also the executive director of the Praying Life Foundation, which is something I want to know about is how that all got started and how that kind of ties into all of your writing work. Yeah. Well, just the structure of the Praying Life Foundation is just the name of the of the ministry that supports the writing and the speaking. Um, but years ago, here's how here's how I began to get started. When I was in college and I was twenty years old, and I and I and I was telling you my experience that caused me to start just seeking and and pursuing an understanding of prayer. Then God just put me together to be a communicator. So when I would reach a concept that I went, aha, oh, I get that. That's not fully 
that's not full for me until I've communicated it to somebody else and see them go, oh, aha, I get that. So that's just, as I was in my pursuit, then the Lord would open doors for me to share with other people. And when I was a junior in college, I started teaching a women's Sunday school class, a college women's Sunday school class, and it grew and adults started coming in. And from that, I got little speaking engagements. And 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 then over the years, I would speak. And then uh, from that, I got writing assignments. And it just one thing fed another. And so then there came a time when it became a pretty full-time pursuit. And the Praying Life Foundation is the name of the ministry that undergirds and supports it. And so how has that platform allowed you to not just, you know, get your ideas out to other people, but how have you seen yourself grow over the decades of growing that ministry and writing and um, just developing your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Number one, you be, you realize early on that you are entirely dependent on an anointing from the Holy Spirit to communicate anything. Even if you've got the words all nailed down, even though, even if you've got it all laid out in logical form, unless the Holy Spirit is going to communicate it, it's just going to be a speech. And, and uh, so the, the hunger to see God move makes you so, makes you realize how completely dependent you are on him. And in the early days when I first began to speak and people would say, okay, here's what our topic is. And we want you to come speak to us on this topic. Well, you can, you know, research anything and put together a good speech and make a good speech. But I early realized there's a whole difference between a good speech and the passion of your heart. So I early on, I narrowed it down to, I speak on prayer. This is what I do. And uh, so, so just that makes you pursue God in, daily all the time. You know that you need to have that anointing. And then one of the great adventures I love and still do, I love to open the floor for live question and answer. I just love that. But over the years, that has really, that really helped me hone the message. I, I would rec realize from the questions and from the discussions, oh, I need to explain this better. I need to understand this better. I need to come at it this way. And so the, and, and, and so it's been years of not only pursuing my own relationship with Christ, but also listening and responding and understanding where the message needed to be beefed up. And, uh, and, and then also to see that those things that God teaches, and he doesn't just teach them in theory, he teaches them in life. And then the understanding comes show and tell is how he does it. And, uh, all those things really work. You you walk through the difficulties of life and you put in practice the things that God has taught you and you go, oh, they really work. And in 2005, I lost my husband to brain cancer. He was my full-time manager and partner with me in ministry. And, uh, and people would say, well, you know, how, how did, how did everything you teach work out in there? And I, I was like, every single thing that God has taught me over the years is true. And it's true in the hardest time of life. And it's true when things aren't going the way you want them to go. And it's all true. 
It's all authentic. So you, it, you just continue. You're, there's no end to the growing. There's no end to the learning. It's always an unfolding adventure. Well, Jennifer, I just want to thank you, uh, first of all, for coming on the show, but also for writing the book. It is absolutely terrific. Seek 28 Days to Extraordinary Prayer. I've been working my way through the first few days, and it is fantastic. I'm a big fan of the way it's written, the heart behind it. So thank you again for coming on the show. And if you are interested in picking up the book, it is wherever books are sold. Um, Seek 28 Days to Extraordinary Prayer. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed our talk with Jennifer Kennedy Dean. I definitely did. It was really enlightening. I thought she did an excellent job of explaining her relationship with prayer from the logistics side. That was really, really interesting to me that she, like she said, is more of a left brain person. I am not. So being more right brained, hearing that from her, I thought was really cool. Just that she approaches prayer from a more logical perspective, uh, question and answer type deal and that that's something she struggled with but as she continued to develop her relationship with the lord eventually came to the point where that was a strength for her and i just thought that that was really cool that no matter the personality no matter the type of person that is conversing with the lord and developing that relationship he is going to work with them to the point that the prayer life can mold more into a praying life like jennifer said where Prayer is just a part of your everyday existence as opposed to something that you um, fit into a box on a day-to-day basis. I also thought it was really cool to hear more of her story and just how she came to the point that prayer was so necessary in her life to try and study and try and develop that relationship more and more. And the difficult times, the adverse things that she had to encounter and overcome and how prayer helped her through those. I thought all of that was really interesting. And a lot of that makes it into seek, which I would highly recommend to anybody wanting to better develop their relationship with the Lord to increase the efficacy of their prayer life. I think seek is an absolutely fantastic book to try and do that. Now we do have an episode five coming down the pipeline of the iron stream podcast. The next episode is going to be on anxiety interrupted by Rachel Dimsky dealing with, God's response to our anxieties, questions, doubts, and fears. We're really excited about that one. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than a lot of the ones that we've studied so far. We've done some pretty weighty topics. You know, we had an episode about foster care, uh, one about prayer this week, and now we're going to tackle anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff, and how the Lord can develop our relationship with Him and how He can heal our hearts through all of those different adverse circumstances. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and all the other episodes of the Iron Stream Podcast. If you would, please, when you listen to an episode, leave us a review, especially on iTunes, just because that is how um, people find us and people get to know us a little bit better, and leave us a rating. Both of those would be greatly appreciated, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Iron Stream Podcast.